guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Dancing Librarian Mom Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Williams, and I'm going to say this really quick. Guys, this is my third take for this podcast. Y'all, listen, the patience that I'm having to deal with with this thing is beyond me. Guys, I sat here. First, I did one yesterday. Clicked save to see if I can come back to it later because I had to, you know, pause it for the cause. And that sucker saved and wouldn't let me edit. And then it saved it with me talking like Alvin and the Chickmunks. Who is this on this recording? Girl and bye. So I said, okay. I tried to figure out the techie and me was trying to figure out how to fix it. But the way my frustration is set up, (laughs) okay, Caroline said, Caroline, Caroline said, huh? And she said, girl, just redo it. Okay, fine, I'll redo it. Y'all, I just sat here. I started this at around during around like 10. My son was at the dentist. So I went and sat in the car while he was getting his work done and tried to start it. Had to stop it then. Uh, um, I picked it back up. I just did a whole 30-minute podcast. I mean, good content. Hello? Good content. And for some reason, the sucker got tired of me and just let go, like just turned off. And I lost all of what I just recorded. It was 30 minutes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, for real. Like, seriously. I'm a little annoyed. Okay? But that's okay. That means I wasn't supposed to save that. I wasn't supposed to save that version. So I'm going to do a different version. And basically, guys, what I wanted to tell you all is that this podcast is about me, life as a librarian, or life as a LIS, which stands for Library Information Specialist. Yes, 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 that's me, okay? Library Information Specialist, that is our new title that has been around for some time now. If you didn't know, that is the title we kind of go by because over the years and centuries and decades... (laughs) They realize librarians do more than just check out books. And I need the masses to understand that. We do more than just check out books. We have so many hats that we wear. OMG, guys. Like, okay, it's it's crazy as far as uh, the fact that you, number one, need a master's to be a librarian. Who would have thunk? You need a lot. Yes, you do. You need a master's to be a librarian. Oh. Yes. Oh, so um, I think I said back in my other podcast that I went back to school while I was seven months pregnant with my daughter. And then the day after I had her, I started school again. So I did six credits in the summer. And in the fall came, I did another six credits. So um, when I was, when I by the time January came, I was able to begin, um, I was able to start my position as a librarian in a school because they had a thing back then, I don't think it's there now, that you just needed 12 credits to begin 
teaching or working in a school library without being fully certified. You got like a temporary license until you finish your degree. So I began as a librarian in the school I am now in January of 2015. Um, Mind you, at the same school I'm at now, I was the music teacher before. That's what I was. Before becoming the dancing librarian mom wife, I was the dancing musician mom wife. (laughs) And I loved that. I was at for eight years uh, a music teacher in the elementary setting. Um, I graduated from the Howard University in Washington, D.C., H-U, you know, um, the Mecca, the real H-U. Those who went to Howard understand what we mean when we say the real H-U. We were a university and not an institute, Hampton. Okay. Um, but I graduated from Howard with a bachelor's in music education. And I immediately came back home. I started subbing for probably like a semester. And then I got a position as a music teacher. And I did enjoy being a music teacher. I loved it. I love it was a lot that goes underneath being that as well. We just don't sing songs and play recorders. We you know, we have to put on programs. Putting on a program ain't easy, people. Listen, you try to get a hundred and twenty kindergartners, okay? You heard me. Kindergartners. That's ages five and sometimes four. Try to get them to sing the same song together with movement and, 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 and in, in a month's time. And when you only see them one time a week. <laughs> mm. Listen, listen, Linda. And then how about this? Try to get pre-Kers, that's age four, sometimes three, to do a dance to a song together on a stage. Listen. It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) Try to get fourth graders, that's age nine, sometimes 10, to do a cutesy song that they think is above them because they are older children and they grown, but you need them to do this cute little song because it's a cute song and they don't want to do the cute song because it's not cute to them. Listen, y'all about to, y'all got me worked up now. Mm -mm. Let me get back to on topic. I need a moderator. No shade. You know, I watched a debate last night. Okay, we're not going to get into that because it's not that kind of show. But I'm just going to say this. The fly was the star. Okay? The fly was the star, honeys. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's good. That's good stuff. So I was a music teacher before that. And then I became a librarian. And I do enjoy it. So some things that we do in the library. What do we do in the library? We do a lot, okay? We don't just check out books. That is so 1909. We don't just check out books anymore. And I have to say, my mom is a retired uh, librarian. She first was a, a teacher, a regular classroom teacher in the sense of she taught, I think, second grade, fourth grade, third grade, and fifth grade. And I think she did sixth grade. I can't remember. But she did all those grades. And then she became a librarian. Um, then she became the uh, library supervisor of her district, and that's where she retired from there. Uh, my dad was also an educator. He did uh, he did a special education for a long time in the high school setting, and then he became an assistant principal, and that's where he ended his career as an as an AP assistant principal. So I come from a line of educators, as far as my parents are concerned. Okay. 
And out of the, all of me and my brother and my sister, I was the only one who caught the bait to be an educator. <sighs> yep, I caught the bait. I don't know why I couldn't catch another bait, but that's kind of what I was liking. I said, I like that. I like to teach people what to do and how to do things. I could do that. <laughs> my sister, she's a doctor. And I give her all the props out in the world because the life of a doctor... As far as getting there, listen, Linda, Mm -mm, that's not my ministry. And my brother is a firefighter. What? Yeah, he's he puts his life out there too. Listen, (laughs) it's funny. uh, One time we were had to we were at the hospital, um, and it was for my dad. But anyway, he's good. He was fine. But me, my brother, my sister all came to the hospital like around the same time. We all arrived there at the same time. And the doctor was like, oh, you know, my brother was there in his firefighter uniform, right? And so I was the last one to get there, which is so funny because my sister is the oldest. My brother is in the middle and I'm the baby. And we're all six years apart evenly. Isn't that crazy? I know. I don't think I was an oops baby. I'm going to tell you that now which is ironic because my daughter was my oops baby, a good oops. But oops as in, oh, I'm pregnant? <laughs> what? Wait, what? Huh? No, no, no. Check that again. So um, I was my mom's oops baby. But uh, we all arrived at the hospital. And before I got there, I guess the doctors had realized that my sister was a doctor. And then they found out that my brother was a firefighter because he had his shirt on. So when I got there, the doctor's like, okay, so what are you? <laughs> We got the doctor. We got the firefighter. What do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a teacher. They're like, this is like the all-American family. <laughs> and honestly, guys, to that point, I never thought of us that way. I never thought of us being like that all-American, white picket fence type family that everybody's doing something in the field of helping others. I never thought of us that way because of how we were raised. My mom and my dad instilled in us the value of getting an education and working hard and getting a career and support our families and support ourselves. Like that's how we were raised. There was no other outlet. There was no other uh, option you had. Oh no, you're going to school. Oh no, you're going to finish. And no, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. Um, So it was just in us to work hard and being able to provide and be independent and work for ourselves. That is what we were taught. It was never taught to us in the sense of you have to do this or in the sense of you got to be a doctor, you got to be this and you got, no, it was just, you make sure whatever you do, you can support yourself and everybody else around you who was, you know, attached to you. So, we are that little family that, you know, where everybody's doing something, and, which is great. We are blessed for that because, you know, it could be the other way around. And I, I give my credit to my parents because they were great examples on working hard and setting the bar high for us to where we wanted to reach that goal and to make them proud. So... Yeah, this show just turned all the way around. Let me get back on topic. But kudos to my parents. Y'all did that. <laughs> Look at us now. Um, So going back to a librarian. So I got, you know, got my degree. I finished my school. It took me about a year. I did it all online. I went to, um, <laughs> excuse me, 
the University of North Texas. I did it all my degree, all online, which people think that's easy. Honey, child, boo-boo, kitty, no. That is harder because online is more reading and writing, Hans. Yeah. Like, you go in, you can sit down and listen to somebody talk, you know, take some little cute notes. But online, no, they just put whatever they're saying, they just putting it in, in print now. So now I got to listen, you know, <laughs> and read a lot and write all my thoughts and respond to other people's thoughts. My online people, um, my online uh, students, y'all know what I mean. Respond to us, respond to another classmate, um, two other classmates with you know detailed response. Make sure that you at what? Oh God! Don't just put I agree. Go into detail. But what if I just agree? Like, what's wrong when we just say I agree? Cause I agree. In the real world, that's what you would say. I agree, and moving on. I got to say, you are correct with your statement about this. I like how you said that because I, too, you know, girl, listen. Listen, I'm going to tell y'all this. Sometimes them statements are real made up just for the moment. <laughs> what does teacher want me to do? Okay, let me let me just go find somebody who's close enough to what I would say and then elaborate on that and move on. But anyway, I digress again. So I got my degree and I began um, as a librarian. And I love it. 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 Okay. Now, before I get off topic again, I'm going to kind of go down the list of things that librarians do day to day. Um, well, more what I do as a librarian day to day that gets gives me joy. One thing we do. Um, we teach students. I see I see classes every day. I and I should I stop saying I. I have a library aide, Monique Griffin. Shout out, woo woo. What's up, Griffin? She sees my classes more than me because I have some other things I gotta do. So I am blessed to have an aide who I can show the lesson to, kind of model it for her real quick, kind of tell her, and she does it with the kids. She'll go and do it, you know. Um, with the with the classes. However, there are days where I do kind of sit in and teach the classes because you know I do still enjoy doing that. Um, so we teach classes, and I try to align my lessons with whatever the students are doing in the classrooms. So I kind of do like a vertical alignment where if for that week they're studying poetry, then I'm going to try to do something about poetry in the library. Uh, that week there, I've even done math lessons. If they're doing multiplications, I'll go find some multiplication books and a lesson and do that with the students. So they kind of can see how they can use what they're doing in the rooms anywhere, okay? So uh, we, I do research skills. I try to do my research skills with my um, second, third, and fourth graders. Um, again, I see kinder through fourth grade. I should stop saying I. We see kinder through fourth grade. Uh, we're on the block, our specials, our ancillary, ancillary rotation. And at my school, we are grateful to have two PEs, two musics, um, art, health, techno two technologies, and now me, um, library. So uh, 
I'm on that rotation. So we see we we teach research skills of like how to cite your sources, how to use the databases that the district has supplied and purchased for us to, to find information and not just use Google, guys. Google is cute and it's cool. I use Google probably just as much as anybody else. However, <laughs> when it comes to research, I try to use the databases because that information is credible. It has been fact-checked. And, and when I say database, I mean my World Book Online, my Britannica Online, my Pebago, like those things that um, are credible sources. Okay. Fact-check, 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 guys. Please do not post something on Facebook and say, oh, my God, look at this. This says a rhino had an infant. Where, where did you get that from? Hmm. What what website was that? Can you go back and research the primary source for that? Because I don't think that is true. That could be made up. And what's the date? Sometimes I'll see someone post something and the date will say 2016. And they'll and they'll make it seem like it just happened that day. I'm like, guys, that happened four or five years ago. Oh, I didn't even see the date. Yeah. Before you post, check. Check it. Check the facts. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we try, we try to teach them how to use those databases, especially in the elementary level and especially my fourth graders. So when they get to middle and high school, they have those foundational skills they need when they're getting ready to do those papers for their English teachers. Or when they go to college, they still have those those foundational skills. OK, um, the Dewey Decimal System. Guys, y'all would not believe how many adults don't know anything about the Dewey Decimal System, or they are not aware of how a library is organized. That they didn't realize that on the shelves, you know, we kind of organize the fiction section, you know, by the author's last name alphabetically, and then by the, the title of the book. That way it's easier for you to find it. And then on the nonfiction side, you know, the Dewey Decimal System, you know, how it's in, chron in a chronological order, like in the sense of, Starting with, you know, one, one, the number one, and then going to two, and then three, and then, you know, they're all, it's arranged in that type of order. And then by genres and subjects and topics like that, like, you know, all the dinosaur books together. And then now there's some, we're getting real fancy now, guys, listen up. Some libraries are just genre-frying their library. What's genre-frying? Where they're basically arranging their libraries by genres. Okay. All right. Which is a whole different baby, but I I I didn't want to go that far in my library because I got to get y'all with the basics first. I can't I can't switch. I don't want to switch it upon y'all yet because I need you to get the basics first so that if you go to a library that is not genreified, you still know how to check out that book. Okay, but I would like to genreify my library one day. Don't know when, especially with the COVID, and we're not kind of touching those books right now. We're trying to find a a, a safe way to do that. I think I have it, but I'm not going to reveal it just yet. So we do that. Uh, how to find books on the shelves, those simple library skills. Uh, and also looking for a book in our cataloging system and on the computer, how to find a book on the computer, see if we have it, and then go on and find it on the shelf or reserving a book on the computer. Okay. We go through those things because those are things you also um, can do as an adult at, the, at your state or city's public library, same method, okay? Um, 
We also do Makerspace. Makerspace is this cool craze that started some years back with the li- in the library world. I can say probably five, six years ago, maybe less, maybe more, where basically we have created an area or a space for students and, and, and children or anyone to be creative and innovative and just design things you know, that's outside of the box, using simple things and using those critical thinking skills that can be useful in the classroom as well. It gets those, your brain churning, you know, um, giving them some paper cups, straws and toothpicks and some cotton balls saying, okay, give me, uh, a, some type of contraption that will allow, uh, this ball to roll down and not touch the table, you know, something like that. But that's just an area for them to be creative. Uh, I usually have like Legos over there or building blocks, um, coloring, magnet tables. Oh, there's so many things you can have in a maker. Anything you can think of can be in your makerspace. Um, there's a lot of coding that can, that's, that's, that's taking, taking place now um, in our makerspace, um, you know, using the tablets, the, the virtual reality, the VR, the virtual reality type deals, the augmented reality, AR. There's so many things you can do in, the, in, in a makerspace now that gets these kids thinking and having fun doing it. And you can still kind of throw in some of your content in there. What? And when I show the teachers, they're like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. And they're learning all at the same time. Mm-hmm. They don't even realize they're learning, but they're learning. <laughs> and you know the people who frequent my makerspace? You know who those kids are? My frequent flyers to the office, to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. Yep. They come running. Running. Okay. Okay. Everyone, I'm trying to do a makerspace. They will skip their breakfast just to come do makerspace because that is something that they know how to do. Now, in the classroom, they may not be your geniuses as far as math goes or English or science or social studies, but they are good at creating and using their hands and making things, okay? Or, or, or coding, which is very high-order thinking skill needed, okay, with the coding. So, and you got to think, this is a generation of video games, <laughs> Well, I think every generation kind of has a video game generation. But this one, this generation, you know, they are really into this uh, uh, Roblox and Minecraft and those things where, you know, you have to code the, the characters to do things, you know, unlock the secret passage by putting in this special code or whatever. So, Megaspace, uh, we got that going in our library. Um, hold on, I got to look at my notes again. Um, another thing I do, I collaborate with teachers. Um, I've done some co-teaching with some teachers where basically whatever lesson they're doing in the class, I try to come in and piggyback on their lesson with a digital resource that they could use to enhance the lesson and to make it interactive and fun for the kids. Again, this is a generation of tech techie bots. They need hands-on or something colorful or engaging to really get them to buy into what you're saying. And there are plenty and plenty and plenty of resources out there to do that and to help you with that. And that's kind of what I like to do. Um, collab- offer that those suggestions to teachers and kind of go in and help them out with that. Um, yeah. 
And I forgot to say, shout out to my librarians out there right now, because in this virtual world, we are needed, guys. Did you know that? We are needed. They need us. There was a time where they were getting, well, not a time where they were. They are. We're getting rid of librarians and just sticking a person in there with no library background just to check out the books. Hey, we do more than just that. We're really good people to have around. Just saying. And I think now they are seeing that. They're seeing, oh, we need y'all. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> what you mean? Yeah, you need us. Who else gonna tell you how to use that? Mm-hmm. But uh, didn't think so. So. Shout out to all you who are, who are working double time in this virtual world, trying to, you know, troubleshoot different things that are online. Okay. <sighs> yeah, that's that's a whole nother show. Um, we are tech support. It's funny. Let's segue into tech support. I mean, from getting teachers and teaching them how to do a Zoom uh, <laughs> class and share screen, go to this website and have students to take control of the mouth. I mean, we're all of that. Okay. Um, I also collaborate with my content specialist, which means like my language arts specialist, my math specialist, science specialist, kind of ask them like, hey, can I come in on one of your PLCs and show this lesson to the teachers so that, you know, you know, so they can see how you know, they can use this with that lesson or that topic or that teak. Um, I do that a lot. I, I ask my specialists, hey, what are the teachers teaching next week? And then I can kind of grab from that and go design a lesson for them to do in the library. Um, I like to do that. And then cataloging. What is cataloging? Cataloging is the process of, <clears throat> um, first, we have to purchase the books, okay? Purchase is a whole other baby as well. Um, I'm blessed with the secretary who basically, I give her the quotes and she does the rest for me. Thank God for that. But there are librarians who have to do the whole process of purchasing, finding quotes. And now we have to do like a, a three quote thing. Like, you know, you have that one quote you want. You need to find two other quotes that are competition to that one quote to see which one is the best quote. And then putting it all in this complex system and hoping, hoping that your 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 quote is uh, accepted and goes through. Uh huh. Yeah. It's 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 a it's, listen, Linda. I don't want it. Mm-mm. I don't want it. I know one day I'm gonna have to have it, but right now I don't want it. So I just give it to my secretary, and she kind of goes from there. Um. But once we purchase the books, we then have to if the the companies will barcode. You know, you can pay for the service and then barcoding it for you, putting all the necessary stickers on the spine as far as the the uh, uh, <sighs> fiction nonfiction labels and things like that you need on, on your on your books okay they'll they'll do that for you um then sometimes based on how your library is set up you may need to put add additional stickers on your books so that your students can understand what the book is for and where it goes or what book they can um, read on their levels. So, and then once we get the, our catalog books, we have to check to make sure that they are barcoded correctly. They have the right barcoding scheme and everything on there. Adding them into our dat our 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 um, library system, and yeah, it's a lot. 
And that that's tedious. It's, it's super tedious, okay? It's it's tedious. So we got that under our, our belts as well um, that we need to do. And in the grand scheme of things, I haven't even mentioned checkout books. <laughs> Why I haven't mentioned that? Because that's so low on our totem pole right now in the sense of the main priority. Yes, we want the kids to get books, but there's more that we do. There's just more that we do, people. There's more that we do. And I'm blessed to be in a district, like I said, that has every librarian has an aide. So my aide takes care of the checking out of the books and the checking in of books. Um, again, she does my classes for me. We kind of, um, tag team with that sometimes. Um, I am also happy to have that relationship with my aide to do that. Um, it has not always been that way, but I am blessed now to have that. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot that goes underneath that umbrella of being a library information specialist. And I enjoy it. I love it. Um, I keep trying to Think of new things to make us credible out there in that library world. If you want to see everything I do, you can go to my Twitter page for my library, Bush underscore library, um, B-U-S-H underscore library. Um, also, there's an R behind the B, guys, for the word library. Just uh, add that in there. <laughs> um, also, I've become a contributor to the digital, the librarian's Digital Survival Toolkit is basically like an online help book of resources that librarians can use and they can share with their teachers and staff to use in their classrooms virtually or in person. So um, I got that going. Um, I'm a contributor to there. I just submitted one, um, uh, I guess, section of the of the of the, what you call it, toolkit on how to do a virtual makerspace. And so I made a whole video on doing that and how that can work. And I'm working on another piece as well. So I just want to give you guys a little thing about librarians. So the next time you think about a librarian, say, hey, I remember Caroline said they just don't check out books anymore. They do a lot more. Just think about this whole podcast, this whole 30 minute or so podcast of things I just told you we do in the library. If you see a librarian, your child's librarian, say thank you. They will be like, oh, for what? For everything you do. I promise you that makes our hearts our hearts melt because we don't get recognized as often as we should. Again, they, you know, that's just the life we're living in. And so we just, you know, shout out, shout out, shout out to all you LISs out there. Woo-hoo, you are the best. You rock. You're awesome. And all that, so forth and so on. And thank you for listening to me rant and rave about the librarians. <laughs> if you made it this far in the podcast, you might be FF for life. You hear me? Because, you know, you could have stopped a long time ago. But you made it to the end. And I love you for that. And you're amazing. So tune in to me next time. I'm going to do a podcast every Thursday. I'm trying to shoot out a new episode every Thursday um, where I kind of go into life after loss. Um, the month of October is the um, kind of like, uh, I don't know the correct verbiage, but it's basically the month to acknowledge those moms who may might have lost a child due to miscarriage or something else. 
And so that's where we kind of, uh, it's awareness month for that. So I'm going to kind of go through that as far as my experience with life after loss of two uh, babies due to miscarriage. So I tune into that next Thursday and I love you guys. Thank you for listening again. Um, live your life happily and to the fullest. And I will check you guys next time. Okay. Hello.